0: I know your little heart is in a tizzy but your opinion of beyonce's new album Blackest King or Brandy's new album B7 has little to do with your opinion of music and more to do with the manipulation of media I am your host Devon and you are listening to another episode of Center of the Sun podcast thank you for listening i thought it was an excellent i thought it was an excellent uh project uh especially brandy she really came hard she really did she really gave me a lot of samples she gave me a lot of electronics she gave me a lot of just this diffusion of r&b And like new age electronic music and like this new chill thing that we're going through. But anyway, how are you doing today? Y'all, I mean, people are fighting. They're just they're fighting all over Twitter about this new Beyonce Black is King album. It's actually a great album. Uh, it came out last year, actually. It's not a new album, but the visual album just uh, was released on Disney Plus. And um, a lot of people are excited. Um, it, it was released on July 31st or something like that. And it has a bunch of things, you know, a bunch of themes in it, a bunch of things happening. Um, excuse me. Um, a lot of themes, a lot of cultural themes going on. Um, and a lot of people are happy. That is the consensus that, I'm, that I am witnessing out here in these streets. Um, but also a lot of people have a lot of think pieces. Um, this is another one of those situations. This is a think piece. Um, but it has little to do with Beyonce herself and the music. Um, and more to do with my notes here. I got a new notebook. I went to Staples. Uh, got a new chair and a new shirt and a new notebook. And, um, you know, we're doing great on Center of the Sun. But I wanted to touch on a hot topic today, specifically Beyonce, specifically Brandy, and specifically the amount of fighting that I see on social media. It's very odd. And my notes here, I wanted to first say that my overall opinion of Beyonce is favorable. I have been to many concerts. I have been to um, many, I've even been to Destiny's Child concerts, and um, I thoroughly enjoy the doll. But, you know, as with anything, we have our own opinions of stuff, and this is Center of the Sun. This is what I do. We are trying to be a force for good. We're trying to build a more just and prosperous world, a more cooperative world we don't have any time to waste it's our purpose to you know build character and seek truth so i think personally that this blackest king album these moments that we have as a society they represent a manifestation of institutionalized and organized cultural outrage And not the good kind. Like, there is this weird matrix that we live in. There are these templates. There are these ideas. There are these dogmas that we live under that we seem to just keep repeating over and over and over and over again. And it's very unfortunate because the children suffer. Black is king for me, unfortunately, because it... Because it was so divisive in the way that it just created more of, like, infighting than anything. Because, like, I literally watched the kids' Bop version of Spirit today and I cried. When it was over, like, those little white children were, like, they were getting it. And maybe it's just me because I have a choir singing choir background or whatever it is. But um, I don't really take issue with this kind of, like, mainstream... Uh, release of cultural themes um, that originate in Africa so uh, cultural outrage the bottom line that I'm trying to say is that cultural outrage is routine and there are various reasons why that is Um, we are used to it we love it we eat it up we go you know to the internet for it we read about it in books we talk to our, our friends about it and media and politics are incentivized to encourage us to fight, especially somebody like Beyonce or somebody like Disney or Disney Plus that um, creates these kind of media moments. They want us to talk about it. So surprise, uh, you're being manipulated. Um, it's not all bad, but also all money is not good money. So I need you to be paying attention to where where you're um, allowing money to be made on your behalf. So I wanted to point you to my notes here. I got a new notebook. I'm so happy. But um, I watched some videos and stuff, some history videos on YouTube today, and specifically authors Kevin Cruz and Julian Celazar. they are historians, and uh, they talk to Soledad O'Brien. Soledad O'Brien, she's always on, like, CNN and stuff, but she has her own, like, media shit going on. And they talk about a new book that they wrote about media and stuff like that. And I'm going to, like, try to summarize it here for you a little bit. But they assert that this entire, these these uh, these ideas of us, like, having disagreements and like not giving a fuck and like donald trump and like all this kind of stuff all of this stuff is not just happen chance it is um the manufacturing of many years and many people like roger stone and you know this is kind of where this all starts and like roger stone he was just convicted of lying to the fbi and then trump is promising to pardon him, or maybe he did it already. I don't know what's going on, but it's these kind of people like Roger Stone who believe that it's okay, or it's like a political strategy to uh, manipulate people's attention like this. So in 1974, um, probably before Beyonce was even thought of. So I'm like, how is this Beyonce's fault? I don't know. It's more so Richard Nixon's fault, and it's ironic because. Um the same law that Trump was impeached for is the same law that Richard Nixon signed after he was um got in trouble for once he got in trouble for the Watergate scandal in nineteen seventy four so in ni- but before that nineteen seventy two let's start there, okay. it was a rainy day. In November 1972, in Richard Nixon, he brought his dumb ass, he put on his cologne, he put on his cufflinks, he was ready to go because he was elected, oops, because he was elected president of the United States of these here, United States of America. You know, right after that, abortion was legalized. Roe v. Wade happened right after that in 1973. The Supreme Court basically set the precedent that it was legal for women to seek abortions in the United States. And it changed the landscape of everything. So 1972, Richard Nixon brought his dumbass out of the dungeons of wherever the hell he came from and became president. And then um, in 1973, women, you know, were allowed to, you know, make more choices about their bodies and about, like, you know, who they bring into this world and this and that. And unfortunately, um, by 1974, Richard Nixon fucked his presidency up. I don't know if you know anything about the Watergate scandal, but basically it was this whole thing where um, Richard Nixon basically... Used his presidential, he he used his presidential powers in a very corrupt way, and um, but in comparison to what Donald Trump did, uh, it, it's like a grain of salt in comparison to what Donald Trump did. But that's neither here nor there because times have changed, and this is why we're talking about this today because this is a very slow progression from this point to now, and it um, there's a reason why we're here. So 1974, Richard Nixon um, was impeached and uh, or whatever. He was going to be impeached and then he re- he resigned. Donald Trump was actually impeached. But um, 1974, you know, but a year prior to that, there was this big scandal with the oil embargo in 1973 and in 1975 was the end of the Vietnam War. So that's something that's very important because the Vietnam War was very controversial. Um, Because it was started under false pretenses and, and continued on. And a lot of people died. I don't know if you paid attention to the Vietnam War in school, but a lot of people died Um, at that time. So, like, there was this point in time. There was these, like, few years, these two to three years where, like, America was fucked up. Like, kind of like we are right now, but, like, not a pandemic. And, like, but, like, more wars. At that time, it was very, the nation was very fractured. A lot of people were very unhappy. Um, there was like racism and like redlining and like, there were so many things going on. Um, I don't really know. I don't really know how anybody survived at that time, but all we know is that there was a lot of division. Um, and that wasn't new at that time. Like you would think that like America, like just became a country or something because of the way that we fight. But Um, no, we've always had these problems and it's the essence of our being. It's the essence of our nation. What's traditionally was the case prior to the seventies was that, um, after slavery and all that kind of stuff. And when like, you know, the industrial, the industrial boom and all that kind of stuff, there were a lot of, uh, institutions that were created to kind of counterbalance the fucked up shit government institutions were more ideologically diverse at that time. Um, as compared to right now, people had more faith in government, um, because of the civil rights movement and like people's ability to to mobilize and like protests and stuff like that. And these kind of these, these changing ideas of how we organize government at that time, it was believed that government did work in a lot more efficient ways than it does now and then it had done before or had worked before in the economy a lot of people would agree at that time the economy worked for people at that time so we say the economy worked for people not because it was like oh like capitalism like the taxes and stuff like that is that was all very important but also you have to remember that there were a lot more unions. There was a lot more organizing at that time because people really found community in um, labor unions and lifting up people um, through the organization of, you know, ideas and stuff like that. So mainstream media also was a lot different at that time. So the way ideas moved around and, you know, the way that people responded to things was a lot different and a lot slower there were a lot fewer big networks. So in order to be a big network, you had to basically um, be a part of the government. You had to agree to the, you know, be fair and like report the news and da da da, like CBS and stuff. Like the reason why CBS and those places exist is because they agree to a certain set of government rules. And major newspapers and major media companies at that time, you know, as fucked up as the times were, at least they agreed on a set of facts. And that is something that was very unique at the time because it's like, now we just kind of throw that shit out the window. I don't understand why. And these forces of government institutions and ideological, ideological diversity, they tended to balance the social divisions at the time. And that is why people, think about making America great again is because there was a time where people got along because it was like a part of the social construction at the time. And people were more comfortable in institutions. People wanted to be a part of institutions. It was more comfortable that we didn't because we, you know, it was just like more widely acceptable to be a part of an institution it was widely acceptable to be a part of a labor movement or a protest or something like now people are a little bit more individual. They're a little bit more reserved and, um, people negotiated more. People helped each other out more. You know, this because old people do that shit too, still to this day. And even though the lives of people of color, specifically uh, black people and Latino people, whoever, Um, They did find community within labor unions and within themselves. People did cooperate a little bit more at that time, you know, like Martin Luther King and like Malcolm X and stuff like people really think that integration, you know, the integration of schools and stuff like because it eroded the camaraderie of people and groups of people. Um, They kind of like second guess like, oh, maybe we should not have segregated the schools or maybe we should continue redlining because it really didn't like help nobody anyway. Um, I don't really particularly believe that. But, you know, whatever. I don't really know. That is why I'm telling this. That's why I wanted to tell the history. I wanted to talk about Black as King, but I wanted to kind of like give context as to why we just feel like we have to have a fucking opinion of everything and there's a reason why so it's not to try to create a sense of nostalgia but i wanted to just kind of pose a few questions and i don't know if you've ever really studied the 70s or whatever like i don't really know much about the 1960s and and the 1970s besides the civil rights movement and stuff like that but um how do you and i want you to put this in the comments like how do you think people moved past the turmoil the turmoil of the 1960s. Did they move past it? Are we better today? Like what do you think? Put it in the comments. Also, how did how do you think institutions started to change after um the 1960s? You know, after that a lot of institutions provided the civil rights movement and provided, you know, all kinds of things. But they also started to change after, after um, you know, Richard Nixon in the 1970s. Um, and why do you think we seem more polarized now? Put your answer in, in the comments or email me, host at centersun21.com. But um, the reason why we're more polarized today and the reason why I think, the reason why I believe we are more polarized today is because we do not understand our history. We do not value our history. We do not value storytelling. We do not value um, discourse and discussions. We live under an assumption that government has always been this way. We, like, are stupid. We just, like, assume that the United States is just like America and, like, that's it, and um, that's not the case. Actually you know kids today like imagine somebody being born in 2001 um they've been living th- through the Iraq war they um they've been living with the internet the entire time they've had air conditioning and like power windows and things you know like they've been living people have been living in this ultra advanced world when a lot of people are straddling both eras and there is a reason why our world is this way there is a reason why We argue all over Twitter all day about whether or not Beyonce is like a freaking Satanist or whatever. I don't know what the hell y'all are talking about. Y'all don't know nothing. Um, And y'all don't know anything about your history. And that's why Center of the Sun exists. We're, we're, We're bridging modern science and modern information with ancient wisdom to unlock our human potential. And basically, it is imperative that we have historians and philosophers and economists and doctors, and all kinds of people help us remember events, issues, moments, and uh, circumstances that we've lived, and that we've lived together, and remember all all together. And we don't want to do this for the purpose of, you know, nostalgia, like, this is not some fucking kumbaya thing, but we want to illuminate the The historical turning points, so that we can fix them, <laughs> you know, in the future. Like history repeats itself. Well, in retrospect, it does repeat itself because we don't pay attention to the turning points that created the situations that, um, you know, these men. What are their names? Kevin Cruz and Julian Celazar. Sel- they call these important causal moments. So despite all of the ugliness and despite all of the like turmoil, the 1960s and the Watergate and all that kind of stuff, we have a bold history. We have a rich history. We have an exciting history. We have a culture that we want to share, you know, to future generations and we don't want it to be tainted with clowns. We don't want to be, we don't want to taint our future with this continuation of like race wars and like all of these kinds of things. And like, The criminal justice system being unjust and like us having to protest every three years and, you know, having civil rights and nonprofits have to exist. These things, you know, these battles are very valuable and they are hard fought battles and they are hard fought battles against deeply rooted problems that we should never forget. But it's time to move past it. It's time to like ascend to the fifth dimension. <laughs> um right after right after Richard Nixon in Watergate, there was Gerald Ford. You know, everybody was like, okay, we're gonna move past the issues of the 60s. Richard Nixon, he gave us a little bit of hope, but he fucked that shit up. That's okay. We're going to move on past him. We're going to scurry on along. Oh, the vice president resigned in dis- disgrace. Let's get, let's get a House of Representatives. Like, let's get a Nancy Pelosi up in here. And that was Gerald Ford. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at Mintmobile.com slash switch. Forty five dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees, promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than forty gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at Mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too. that was Gerald Ford's dumb ass <laughs> because, and I call him a dumbass because everybody really believed that like he was different. Everybody was like, Oh my God, like he is so real. Like the presence of the Lord is here. He's going to restore the dignity of the office. Like, um, he basically what we're about to have Joe Biden do. We're about to have a repeat of history. And even though I'm about to vote for Joe Biden, you know, Gerald Ford was not elected. And, um, Gerald Ford ascended to the president, you know, kind of by accident and probably, probably because he, um, vowed to acquit Nixon or he actually did acquit Nixon or didn't even prosecute him or didn't even pursue any sort of like legal anything against Nixon. And basically he spares Nixon and everybody is pissed. Everybody in the country, they are just trying to burn down everything. Like we're having a 2020, 2020, and 1970 with Gerald Ford. And um, you know, everybody in, in the United States, they were like, he just betrayed us. He just like Richard Nixon betrayed us, and then Gerald Ford brought his dumbass in here and betrayed us like twice. How dare you? Um, how dare you? And basically. Basically, you know, all all public trust was eroded. Everybody was like, "You know what? We're pissed. We're going to start innovating. We're going to ascend. We're going to ascend to 3D. Like this is the This was the new world order at the time. Like everybody was pissed, and, you know, all of the public trust began began chipping away, it began eroding, and people they stopped trusting public institutions. And there were there were high levels of anger. There was there were high levels There were high levels of outrage at that time. Gerald Ford basically fucked up everybody's, you know, the 1960s and then Watergate and then the Vietnam War and then everything. Everybody was done. Gerald Ford was done and everybody was against the government. And not only was the government fucked up, the seventies were fucked up. There was energy crisis. The manufacturing sector was decimated. The Rust Belt, Ohio, Michigan, all that shit decimated even the, in the 70s. We're still Donald Trump is still talking about bringing back the Rust Belt. It was decimated in the 70s. It's gone. But the manufacturing sector was not being replaced by anything that was viable um at that time and technology, computers and cell phones that was all very new at the time. TV was still very new. Media was in a period of transition. Nobody really knew what was going on. They didn't really know how to tell stories at the time. And media was more slanted to the investigational, investigative journalism and stuff like that because they just got Richard Nixon. They just, you know, talked about all of the anger that happened with Richard Nixon and and with Watergate. And there was more news on TV. Radio at this time was starting to kind of like decline and nobody really understood it. It's kind of like now. Nobody really understood the impact of what's going on until it's too late, but there were broader audiences and there were with broader audiences. It, you know, it created more diversity in thoughts and stuff that were being shared, but it also created a system of commercialization of ideas. So a lot of advertising, a lot of things going on where people are kind of like pandering and stuff like that. It was just not cute. And the trends of TV changed, and now we're here. Like, you know, like, economic inequality, you know, at that time forced people to change the family dynamic. And, you know, now we talk about the Me Too movement and feminism and stuff like that, but it really kind of, like, was rooted, a lot of what we do today and a lot of what we think about feminism today that is wrong was kind of rooted in this, tumultuous time in the 60s and the 70s where women were basically forced to go to work and um this was kind of like another wave of feminism where like men were kind of like uh you need to be like in the house but women were like we can't be in the house if we're if we're starving if we keep having children because y'all keep fucking us um if we keep having children then we're gonna need to eat and if we need, need to eat we need food and we need food we gotta work and it was like if we gotta work. We want dignity and respect, and what you're not about to do is disrespect us. So women, you know, they started protesting against the sexual harassment. They started protesting against all kinds of treatment that was just, like, not cute. And men were assholes at the time. A lot of people, you know, a lot of men just believed that women got up one day and just, like, wanted to go to work. And like burn their bra and like be like, I'm a feminist because, like, actually, you know, like, actually, like women are equal. Like, no, they just wanted, they wanted to survive. It was a survival mechanism. And the economic crises at the time forced women to go to work. So I don't know who told you anything about history, but this kind of, like, Beyonce thing, you know, this whole thing is not just a coincidence. Beyonce didn't just get up and say, I want to, like, make an album. It all was born out of this necessity to go to work. And if you're black, you definitely had had to take your ass to work. Um, so affirmative action and stuff like that, it kind of, like, led the way for people to uh, demand that they... Are, be treated with respect at work. So during this time, you know, it was kind of like around the 19th night in 1976, like no job supported anybody and a lot of people confronted inequality, um, women and black people, especially they confronted wage, wage gaps and wage inequality and gender discrimination and sexual harassment and racism and stuff like that. And people started mobilizing and sparking and and people started mobilizing and speaking up and speaking up. But, you know, just like they're saying right now with the Mexicans and the people and the immigrants, you're taking our jobs. Like they said that to women back back in the day, like imagine men being like you're taking the same men are saying that same thing today. Um, You're taking our jobs. And it created it, it created at the time a zero sum mentality you know across the across the united states these ideas of like it better it has to be us or them um people were desperate though there was a lot of economic uncertainty a lot of people were just very but there was a lot of economic uncertainty but there was a lot of economic uncertainty and um, it did not change it happens you know in the 60s and the 70s and the 80s and the 90s and the 2000s it just becomes it's just this theme that people have dealt with for decades but the thing that changed the most is not the fact that we have these social problems it's where people put their rage where people put their anger and, um, instead of putting their anger and their mistrust in, um, government and stuff like that, they, um, started to put their mis- mistrust and their anger with each other. And this is kind of the whole point of my topic today about Black is King is because rage is, um kind of like this very potent force that is being manipulated. Um, We know that like rage gets us going and like makes us say things and do things that we would otherwise would not do. And I would say fast forward to today, it is a political strategy to promote infighting. So you fighting on Twitter is just another manifestation of this like political manipulation of a lot of people that you know, kind of like Roger Stone and Donald Trump, like all these people, like they are all from this era, and um, it is a political strategy that they're trying to remake to to this day. And Americans, as like manipulated as we are, and like as dumb as like our government is, and how and as as, as low trust as we have, Americans always trend towards they always trend towards optimism. Americans always trend towards happiness and like prosperity um, because we live in this myth of the American dream. Like this is this culture that that we live under and access to the middle class has always been some sort of like gateway that we've always ascended or like that we've always aspired to um, ascend to. You know, at one point access to, to the middle class was getting a factory job and like, you know being able to take care of your family and like move to the city and like that was the thing now it's having a college degree or then it was like having a college degree and like now it's like being an influencer or whatever i don't know what the hell it is but access to the middle class was falsely advertised by ronald reagan (laughs) so nixon ford and then reagan you know fast forward in our little history lesson today Ronald Reagan falsely claimed that the problems of the 1970s were um were over in the 1980s. We've made America great. We've made America great. But actually what's happening is that um if you look at the data it suggests that um that social issues have not changed um, or have not gotten better. They've actually gotten worse. The trend of, of of inequality and racism and all that kind of stuff has actually gotten worse. So like, you know, national optimism and like trust in government and all that kind of stuff. It has been eroding ever since that. And this erosion of public trust and stuff like that is being manipulated by certain political parties and certain people in the media and that is why it's very easy for you to be like fake news and like, oh, look at the clickbait and stuff like that, because it is a tactic. And, um, you know, today we're obsessed with being rich. So it's like be, it's even more pervasive. It's even more annoying. And you would think that like it is, you know, a lot, a lot of people, they like to blame both sides, but it's really not. Um, We're all neoliberals and we all kind of ascribe to the same thing. But at the end of the day, it's the conservatives, honestly. Um, And not like the mega McCain's, not the people that like really are like hurt by the fact that like anybody criticizes a conservative. But it's the people like Roger Stone. It's the people that like really, really take conservatism and like really take people's goodwill in like people's ability to think and like make a good decision, like based on like their like little world, and like they turn it upside down and they invert people's goodwill and good nature to for their own profit. So when I talk about conservatives, I don't mean like, oh, my dad was Meghan McCain, like or my dad was John McCain, whatever the hell I'm trying to say. But um I want it to kind of like zero in on this like machine the 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 big conservative machine that is the engine of a lot of change the Mitch McConnell's of the of the world, um the the people that push politics to the right and further to the right and keep pushing it to the right and the people like Donald Trump that continuously ignore the traditional institutions. And then the people like Roger Stone that create these freaking media juggernauts and like use the media to manipulate and um, distract a lot of people and kind of like create um, narratives that profit them. So it's important, you know, it's really important to remember the causal moments and the uh, the ideologies in history that created the moment that we're living in right now. And that's why when we talk about conservatives, we have to be very specific um, because liberals have never really gotten their shit together. Like this is like the criticism of like being a liberal. Um, liberals have never really been able to get their shit together and they've never really shaped history like the conservatives have and like the Republicans have and like these people that create these like these machines and these big ideas so the biggest evidence of this is uh, is in media and in tv news and cable has created more opportunities for conservatives to develop media outlets and um, partisanship was um at one point in time kind of like shunned but like now it's fully embraced and um and Specifically, it was embraced by Ronald Reagan when they repealed the FCC Fairness uh, Doctrine. So it was this doctrine that both sides have to be represented on air. If you take federal funding, you have to be represented on air. And, um, you know, very quickly after that, there was the creation of conservative talk radio and like Fox News and like all of these things. Not Fox News at that time, but like this kind of like progression that's happened since then. And it was because people were allowed to be more be more vocal and be more, like, opinionated. That whole fairness doctrine, this whole idea that, we're like, we need to represent both sides, it went out of the window. And people are allowed, um, you know, were allowed to explore with more technology and there were more satellites. And people were allowed to create radio stations and cable stations and, like, do all of these new technologies. And um, but there's also a downside to innovation. And that is the fact that we we live in this capitalist society and profit always has to be made. So revenue has to be acquired, and you know, advertising and stuff like that um becomes the tenant of these, these new institutions as the old institutions begin to fade away. So fast forward, there is no filter. There is no filter. There was no news filter. There was no TV filter. I have no filter. Um, Anger and rage are potent as fuck. Um, We know that um, human emotions are very potent and anger and rage are very easy to manipulate. Conservatives always seem to be angry. And I don't mean like the Mega McCains of the world. I mean the Roger Stones, the people that use anger to fan the flames of division sean hannity rush limbaugh you know they take it and they make it very serious and they're just like oh they're trying to kill us like white genocide like blah 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 when it's like y'all want to be oppressed so bad y'all have a freaking multi-million dollar media outlet and you're talking about white genocide when you're not being killed but um on the liberal side you know we have our own media juggernauts, but they're like the Colbert Report and like SNL, you know, like these like very like funny things where it's okay, but it doesn't really get the job done. It doesn't really cut right to the white meat of um, motivating somebody to do something. So political parties became over time more centered around the activation of people's emotions. And when you activate people's emotions, they tend to vote. And so partisanship Um, became very good for politicians. And private money has always become more pronounced in politics. And so, like, since the 1970s, we saw this emergence of single-issue groups and single-issue groups that had a lot of money to retain legislators. And, you know, right now, Donald Trump is the manifestation of that. You know, Putin is, like, the single-issue group that is just like, no, you're going to do what the fuck I want. Um. So, fortunately, progress has been halted. Progress. Um. Any progress that we you know was being made in the 1970s was has completely been washed away. We've seen the proliferation of the prison system. You know, like all of these things. If everything's gotten worse, we've seen the prison system get worse. We've seen the rep- the weaponization of the local police. We're out here still protesting about like police brutality and stuff like that. Um, And actually, you know, like, we want to be optimistic about the future, but everything is fucking trash. Unfortunately, you know, people are still being segregated. Like, schools are still being segregated. People are still being redlined. And, you know, the solution, the simple solution is the creation of a public square, of a, we, we need to return to public square because what's happening right now is that we are like in our own little bubble we're in our own little camps people are comfortable in their own little tribe and their own little like weird racist group or whatever it is and their own little bubble and um, in these bubbles they're good but they also allow people to say what they want in kind of like an echo chamber and now that our lives are ruled by social media, we don't use social media as that public square. Like social media and the internet should be the public square is the great equalizer, but we don't use it like that. <laughs> and you know, it does seem to provide some sort of mitigating factor against division and racism and the manipulation of people's ideas and stuff like that. You know, people at the end of the day, at the end of the day, just seem to um, pick their own little tribe. They seem to um, seek information that reinforces their own beliefs. So, you have a responsibility. You have a responsibility to correct the falsehoods in the public square. When you see something, you need to say something. And just like, you know, doctors and scientists have the responsibility to tell the truth and to like test their ideas and, um, and seek facts or the military or the Pentagon or whatever, they must eventually tell us about aliens, you know, like they have a responsibility to eventually tell us about aliens, um, we you you have a responsibility to correct the falsehoods in the public square and um i say that because you have a special and a natural set of expertise so do i and if we don't correct the record if we don't correct the record people will assume that the all of these falsehoods will be are true or will be um ingrained in the history books and we must we 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 must you know say that that's wrong it we must say that and we must say that that's wrong because otherwise if we don't speak out and we don't say it's wrong people will continually you know or eventually say that it's that that's the truth and um we don't want people to bend the truth we want the truth to be the truth and you know character and truth people's character and their ability to tell, to tell the truth rather has led people to mistrust more than government um people mistrust basically any form of 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 authority um and i would say that we need a source of information we all can rely on. And we need a source of information that is publicly controlled and is in the public domain, in the public square. We need to take away the dominating forces in the intellectual and the information industries, in the media, and communications. Like, for instance, climate change. <laughs> you know, climate change on Facebook, like why are we even having a debate? There is no debate. George Bush, he we're still in this we're still in the longest war in American history. George Bush said there were weapons of mass destruction and because we didn't have a central f- area of information, a central um a central domain of information, we're still in the longest war in American history. So, we've moved farther away. We've moved farther away from our ability to debate a common set of facts, okay? And it really makes no sense how everybody has their own set of facts. It doesn't make any sense. Um, Terry Crews, Nick Cannon, who else? Everybody on Fox News, like having a war on Christmas and saying Santa Claus is white and shit like that. Dr. Umar and all these hoteps and all these kind of stuff. And Beyonce, like, why are we even, you know, you know, people call him Brandy, the vocal Bible and stuff like that. Like, why are we having a debate in the public square when everybody has their own set of rules? It makes no sense, but it does make sense when you think about the history of, of why we're so divided, <laughs> there are so many notes, and there are reasons why we are divided. There is a history, and there is a progression. And once you start realizing that, that is where that is what people call the matrix. Once you start realizing that, you can start making plans to to, to start trend, to start transitioning it transitioning out of it and um, you owe it to yourself to create a public domain of information. Um, That is what my hope is in the future. I hope to create a think tank that um, creates a public square is an institution is a new institution is a new institution is a centralized neutral nonpartisan institution that creates a public square for people to debate a common set of facts. Um, We need to um, be more diligent about uh, passing along information. We we need to be more diligent about um, the information that we consume. So with more resources, we can do that. Um, Visit my blog, Devon.org. At the top. Think tank, you know, at the menu, um, click on think tank, your, your support for a public domain will, um, allow the generations to come to have, you know, the correct set of facts and to be able to have the correct framework, um, to live a more just and more prosperous and more cooperative and, um, What else? Just cooperative, prosperous existence. And and it's it's up to you. So thank you so much for listening. Um, send your comments to host at centersun21.com. Um, your support today will um, you know, be a lasting partnership. A lasting partnership in the public square. So thank you again. And I hope you have a great day.